Hello and welcome to episode 153 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast. As you could well guess by now, still being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight it is the big show of travel updates. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And I have been traveling more and more in the last six months, certainly not putting up the travel numbers that I put up pre-COVID, but at least those numbers are ever increasing. And seriously, we have learned, or let's say adapted to do a lot of things remotely, things that we used to do face-to-face. However, I still stick with it. Remote meetings aren't the same as face-to-face meetings. There's something about observing body language as a meter of a person's engagement that you cannot do remotely. You can certainly have DoorDash or Uber Eats deliver food right before your next Zoom or team session, but it's not the same as sitting down at a table of eight, ordering some appetizers and intertwining the conversation between business and kids and sports and movies and music and business. And then finally back to business again. So yes, it's nice to be getting out with our partners again and seeing that we are truly coming out of this 18 month dark hole, which also means it's been 18 months since I've been on a plane. And believe it or not, I was actually looking forward to flying. It was O-Town Orlando to the big D, Dallas, Texas, my hometown. And for the most part, The Orlando airport was exactly the same. For example, the moving sidewalk that takes you from the parking garage into the terminal was still being repaired. So yes, a solid welcome back. We're glad you're here again. Now inside the terminal, again, relatively unchanged. Now when it came to the TSA agents, a bit had changed. They were now stationed inside these plexiglass booths. Think some sort of a David Blaine experiment or trick or the local ticket takers at your local traveling carnival. Side note, let me tell you, looking back 20 months, I only wish I had had the insight to invest in some plexiglass stock. Terminal A, the Southwest Terminal again, unchanged. It was breakfast time, so there was a line at McDonald's and an even longer line at Starbucks. So I went with my typical Orlando airport breakfast Asian chow, which is orange chicken, bourbon chicken, and a side of lo mein. Don't knock it till you tried it. When it came to boarding Southwest, relatively the same again. Boarding the B group, tried to sneak in with the A group. Nothing new there. The C group, if you're in the C boarding group with Southwest, always remember that C stands for center seat because that's the seat you're going to be sitting in. But other than that, a typical boarding procession of a typical Southwest trip 18 months ago. Full flight. Most flights are full if you talk to anybody. But one thing, it was two hours and 20 minutes of no emails, no team calls, no impromptu meetings. I really forgot how nice those two, two and a half hours could be. We had the typical standard Southwest safety announcements. Seatbelts must be worn, blah, blah, blah. Put your mask on before helping others, blah, blah, blah. However, there was one new announcement. If you don't want to wear a mask, please let us know and we'll get you reaccommodated. But that was it. Nothing complex, nothing controversial, just a clear directive. Guess what? It worked. There was no entry on this flight 
in the November Crazy Travel Roundup. One noticeable change was the in-flight snack and beverage service that we've talked about before. There's no booze on Southwest flights right now. And the CEO has probably flown more than me this year, and she had informed me that, yes, beverage service would be a bit different, a very limited drink menu, I think five choices. The flight attendants held an iPad or some sort of a tablet, and you pointed to what you wanted, but you were asked to order without removing your mask. Nothing on the flight made me feel the least bit uncomfortable when it came to regards to COVID. However, I would have been more comfortable with a vacant middle seat. The return flight from Dallas, again, a full flight. And you know what? Pulling into the Dallas airport, I thought all the airports that I've gone through in and out all these years and being really not in an airport in the last 18 months, for some reason, it seems like that every single airport is under some sort of construction or there's always something going on. But the return flight out of Dallas, again, another full flight. The gate agent was really enforcing the two-bag carry-on rule, even refusing boarding to a passenger with three bags. The bright spot of this departure was I got to have Whataburger for lunch. And here in Central Florida, I think the closest Whataburger we have is up in Jacksonville. So anytime I get a hold of Whataburger, it's always a treat. The third flight, Orlando, Chicago. Again, a full flight, no incidents. One disappointment, though, believe it or not, was the Gold Coast hot dog, the mecca of airport hot dogs in the Midway Airport, had changed hands. It was now a Vienna beef hot dog location. Not the same. Dog had the same ingredients, looked the same, but it was not a Gold Coast dog. Again, on this flight, no incidents, no belt downs, and everyone cooperated. This was my first trip to Chicago. The CEO and the rest of Chateau Relaxo went several years ago for vacation. I was left in charge or left behind to be the emotional support human for the two dogs. But while I was there this time, we came across the Weber Grill restaurant. And how did we ever know that there was a Weber Grill restaurant? Because I certainly didn't. Glad you asked. Friend of the show, Robbie Morris, saw the 20-foot-high red Weber kettle in the parking lot. Yes, everything at the Weber Grill restaurant is cooked on authentic Weber charcoal kettles, complete with grill marks on your food. I started with a very own Weber's Backyard Brew. Very light, very pleasant, tasty wheat beer. Not my favorite, but it was a good beer. For dinner, two pork chops, center cut, smothered in this wonderful warm Carolina mustard glaze, cooked medium. They were juicy, flavorful, and yes, I demolished both of them. My verdict on the Weber Grill restaurant, four out of five stars. Fully stocked bar, had some very interesting whiskeys on the list, even though we did not partake. Lots of great local beers, a very varied menu, something for everybody. Friendly staff, I compare the Weber Grill to the melting pot. Great experience, had a great time, everything was good, but it's not a place that I would ever frequent on a regular basis. The final flight was back out of Chicago into O-Town. And while I have connected at Midway, probably for the better part of 15 years on flights, that's how I knew about the Gold Coast dog. I at least have familiar with inside the terminal, but this was the first time departing out of Midway. And there's something exciting about a first flight from a new airport. Probably the most important consideration is what will the TSA pre-check line or wait time look like? At Midway, it was less than five minutes. On my return trip, I did experience the first flight delay of these four trips, and it wasn't related to weather. About five minutes before pushback, three Southwest employees boarded the plane and headed towards the back. 
and in total synchronization, almost every passenger turned their head to follow the parade of Southwest personnel, while also simultaneously having their cell phone camera set to video. Well, nothing viral, no hashtags, no screaming, our delay. Are you ready for this? Was one passenger seat would not lock in the upright position. 30, 40 minutes later, we were up in the air. So let's set the stage for this next section, hotels in 2021. Lots of my travels include meeting up with coworkers along the way. And I've worked with most of my team, traveled with most of them for at least five or six years. Some of these team members, we've been together 15 to 20 years. No one on this team is a prima donna. We stay at Hilton, we stay at Marriott Properties. We're not banging nights in the boutique resorts. Our road food meal choices consist of local favorites, a hotel lobby, something we saw on diner drive-ins and dives. Maybe we'll stumble across something like the Weber Grill, but it's rare that a meal for us is at a restaurant where after you excuse yourself to use the restroom, they come over and fold your napkin while you're gone. Those days are gone. The days of excess and business travel left the building probably mid-1990s. We don't fly first class. We hope we pray for an upgrade, which is absolutely non-existent on Southwest. And our rental cars resemble the family sedans, Camrys, Fusions, Hyundai Sonatas. We're not rolling around in Vets and Mercedes and Infinities and things like that. Honestly, we don't have high expectations for business travel. We are road warriors. Typically, we're preparing or waiting for the other shoe to drop and not anticipating 800 thread count sheets tonight at the Hampton Inn. However, we are always chasing that elusive mistress, the upgrade. And over the past six months, almost every single team member has voiced some sort of a complaint about the conditions of the hotels we're staying at. In episode 151, I talked about the CEO and my recent trip to Savannah, a very relaxing weekend at the Hampton Inn that I had booked. Well, guess what? It was probably one of the worst Hampton Inns that I've ever stayed at. Thankfully, they refunded my points for the stay, but does that do anything to improve the hotel conditions? Two weeks ago, I stayed in Dallas for three nights. Base camp was the Doubletree, and it's one that I had last visited in 2018. And everything in 2018 was spot on and fine. I thought how much could have changed in just three years? Well, apparently a lot. The biggest shortcoming was the lack of daily housekeeping. And we've talked about this. While I don't need someone to make my bed every day, it's nice to see that housekeeping card in the hallway. You can get a few extra towels, maybe a refresh on coffee cups, another roll of toilet paper, but also daily housekeeping helps to keep the hallways free of bags of trash, soiled linens, and last night's pizza boxes. Well, for example, one evening we had scotch and cigars out on the pool patio. When we finished, we threw the empty scotch bottle in the trash. The next night it was local IPAs and cigars back on the pool patio and the empty scotch bottle was still in the trash. We spent Tuesday evening in the hotel bar watching the Braves clinch and win the World Series. The bar was packed and there was only one bartender slash waitress. It took us almost 20 minutes to tab out due to them being so dutifully understaffed. And what stood out the most was the breakfast setup. Now, Doubletree runs a close second to the Hilton Garden Inn when it comes to breakfast. Their buffet was $18, $6 after the daily $12 Hilton property credit. And I, like most other road warriors, are still not happy about the policy. Just give us the free breakfast like you used to. It means less editing our expense reports trying to remove 
$12 two or three times on the entry. And this was a three night stay. We ate breakfast there twice, both days, no eggs, possibly two, maybe three strips of wilted bacon. The water dispenser was empty except for ice and there was no silverware. So I'm figuring two out of three nights, this is pretty much standard for this restaurant. Now the next stop was the Hilton Garden Inn just outside of Chicago. The check-in area had the riot shields check. The employees were all masked up, check. Hand sanitizing stations everywhere, check. And again, housekeeping by request, check. Now for this two night stay was probably one of the better hotel stays this year. They were serving up their classic made to order breakfast. Gone were the break the seal stickers across the door jams of the rooms. Plus the bar served three beers that I've never had before, a Daisy Cutter IPA, a Kentucky Vanilla Barrel Stout, and from Revelation Brewing, the Anti-Hero IPA. Those three, along with the Weber Backyard Brew, gave me four new beers to log in my untapped app. And I get it. I understand that the hotel industry has suffered financially. No one has gone unscathed due to COVID. But the hotels that we are staying at get well over $120, $130 a night. My bill for three nights in Dallas was over $400. The hotel industry truly needs to be doing a better job to satisfy the traveler, especially the business traveler's needs. Back home late week, it was just in time for the weekend docket, which was plans to head over to Disney, more specifically Epcot for the annual food and wine festival. And this is typically how we celebrate the entrepreneur's birthday. Also on the docket was staying at our favorite weekend getaway, the Hilton down at Disney Springs. And I said was because even with all my dark web tricks, the cheapest I could get a room at the Hilton, believe it or not, was $400 per night. No worries. I said, well, let me use some points. That was until I found out that it was 186,000 points per night per room. So safe to say we all camped out here at Chateau Relaxo where the mortgage payment thankfully accommodates all of us. But Friday night, we still decided to head down to Disney Springs for dinner. It was packed. Disney Springs still has their policy of no masks required while outside, which about 90% of the visitors gladly complied with. However, if you did step inside a store or a restaurant, you were then required to mask up. Dinner after an hour and 50 minute wait was at Chef Art Smith's homecoming. And thankfully they, like most of the restaurants there, will text you when your table's ready so you can act like a true Floridian and grab a to-go cup and walk and shop while you wait for your table to be ready. Dinner for me that night was a fried chicken sandwich a la Chick-fil-A style. The CEO went with the shrimp and grits, both delicious. We had a good time, lots of good appetizers, lots of good drinks. The next morning it was off to Epcot and this pasty white melanoma survivor. For me, the weather was perfect, mid seventies and overcast. But we have a tradition here when the kids have all turned 21, we take them to Epcot or have taken them to Epcot to take a shot at drinking around the world. For the entrepreneur's 21st, he made it halfway before tapping out with a Sam Adams somewhere right around America. And we've done this several times over the years past, and now he can make it pretty much through without incident. And thankfully, his birthday does coincide with the annual food and wine festival. And Epcot was packed. I mean packed. And after a bit of research, thank you, local news, it turns out that this past week was the first time international travelers were allowed back into the country. 
which all of a sudden that $400 a night hotel room made sense. If you've never been to Epcot during the Food and Wine Festival, this event gives you a chance to sample a variety of foods and beverages from around the world. And I think the last three or four times that we've done the Food and Wine Festival over the past few years, I don't think we end up ever making on onto any of the rides. We just kind of head over and, and do the tour throughout all the countries. A few of the food highlights in Belgium, it was beer braised beef served with smoked Gouda mashed potatoes, which were as delicious as they sound. In Brazil, I was the only one that partook of the crispy pork belly with black beans, griddled cheese and grease. So think about fried cheese on the bottom of a baking sheet and then smothering that in some honey and sprinkling over some pistachios. Absolutely delicious. And then, of course, in Japan, I always had my favorite, the chicken teriyaki bun, which is nothing more than a steamed bun filled with this wonderful mix of teriyaki chicken and vegetables, one of my favorites. Added a few more beers to the untapped list from uh, Tampa. It was a lemon hazy IPA from 81 Bay Brewing. Playa Dilla out of Titusville had a green tea pale ale, which was just about as nasty as it sounds. Green tea pale ale, not for me. A Lord Hobo Brewing Boom Sauce, a double IPA. This was out of uh, Massachusetts, I believe. And I think it was about an 8% pour. Honestly, with the uh, Food and Wine Festival, they give you just enough of a sample to satisfy a food curiosity without really filling you up. And it's not bad. Most of the uh, samples are four or five bucks. I think beer flights were less than $10. They had wine flights. Uh, they had cider flights. They had something pretty much for everybody. The downside to visiting Epcot, especially in 2021 and possibly 2022, is construction. So just put a Google on Epcot's construction and you'll get the idea. Some call this future world. Some call it neighborhoods or Disney neighborhoods. Call it what you like. But Epcot has cornered the market on plywood walls and vinyl stickers as they use those to kind of guide you around and through the construction. Hopefully it'll be wrapped up. It really didn't impact the day much. It was just a lot different. All the Disney properties are absolutely beautiful with the landscaping. So a lot of these plywood walls kind of took that out of the picture. One of the highlights for me of Epcot is people watching or what I call let's make fun of people. And my number one target is Disney themed family shirts here at Chateau Relaxa. We don't participate in matching family themed shirts. We don't do stick figure bumper stickers. However, I did see some great shirts. There was a variety of squad shirts. It was the birthday squad, the bride squad, and the bride squads ranged from three people to probably 20 people deep. Typically, the bride had some sort of a sash across her. Most all of them were wearing sunglasses, probably due to the pain from the night before. Saw a few couple-themed shirts. Her shirt had something that said, I wear the ears. And his shirt had a variety. His said something like, I drink the beers or I buy the beers. There was one that had, he was wearing a shirt that said her Mickey. She was wearing a shirt that said his Minnie. There were several couples who do Disney parks together, stay together shirts. I think this was sponsored by the law firm of Ditcher, Quick and Hyde. Booze related Disney shirts was not spared either. There was malt whiskey instead of Walt Disney. Uh, along the theme of movie, and there was the Incredibles. I saw several Incredible shirts that said incredibly drunk. Hakana tequila shirts, an endless sea of drinking around the world shirts, complete with check boxes for each stop. And of course, I saw many, many, many men wearing their I don't do matching shirt shirts. 
Finishing up with this, if the upcoming holidays include air travel or travel, keep a few things in mind. First, I am an optimist, but if you're flying, especially this year, assume that something is going to come up. It could be software issues. It could be lack of staff. It could be bad weather. You name it. There's a pretty good chance it's going to happen. So if you're traveling internationally, especially, I would consider some travel insurance. Also, go with carry-on over checking your luggage. Holiday travel is always rough, but this year it is going to be 10x over 2020. Many of these travelers have not been in an airport or on a plane since 2019, and many of those travelers have forgotten how to travel. Expect longer lines at check-in as well as baggage claim. So if you can avoid those lines by carrying on your luggage, by all means, do it. Also, if your airline has an app, download that. You can usually use that to check in and store your boarding pass. One thing that will save you a considerable amount of time because you don't have to wait in the line to check in or have to wait in the line to get your boarding pass. Also, make sure that your TSA pre-check is still valid. The other day when I flew for the first time, I knew it was. But while standing in line, I'm wondering, when does this expire? Once I landed, I got on TSA's website and found out I've got about another 12 months. So make sure your TSA pre-check is still valid. Consider having an alternative route as well as an alternative mode of transportation, especially on your return trip. And nobody wants to be behind the eight ball trying to get back home in time for work on Monday. Even if you don't have some sort of an alternative route or a plan, at least have a budget set aside for it because there's nothing worse than again being behind the eight ball and finding out that you now have to shell out another eight, nine, eleven hundred dollars to get the whole family back home. Well, that does it for the big show of travel updates. If you want detailed show notes, links, pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. Leave me a message at Anchor. Shoot me an email, travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. Like I always say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening.